Don Draper said it best. If you don't like what's being said, change the conversation. For all you Mad Men fanatics out there, I will never forget the moment I heard him say that on Mad Men, and it really stuck with me. Today's episode is about how you can change the conversation and change how you're showing up, change how people are showing up for you, and change your life. This is the second of a three-part series, Change the Conversation, Change Your Life at Home. Let's do this. Are you ready to speak up, stand out, and get your seat at the table? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to Unmute Yourself, the podcast where you'll get real-life anecdotes and actionable tools for you to step into your strengths, debunk imposter syndrome, truly know your worth, and show up like you own the room every time. I'm your host, Nancy Medoff, who did the thing and followed my passion for empowering women like you to unleash that inner spark and become who you know you are meant to be. I'm a diehard foodie with a raging Skittles habit who will not stop until women everywhere unmute themselves and truly thrive at work, at home, or wherever you may be. Let's do this. Hello, podsters. We are here. We're back. We are talking about changing the conversation. This is part two of my Change the Conversation, Change Your Life series. Last week, we talked about changing the conversation at work. Today, we're going to talk about changing the conversation at home. And next week, we're going to talk about changing the conversation with yourself, which is loaded, to say the least. So I'm going to jump right in. And I'm going to jump right in and tell you all that I have not followed my own advice the past couple of weeks. I have overextended myself and I am feeling it. And that's not to come in here and say, oh, hey, everybody, I'm tired. It's to come in here into your lives and say, it's important. It's important to take care of yourself and advocate for your own needs and make sure that you are doing everything you can to meet your own needs. So that's the spirit of this episode today. So let's talk about this. When I talk about changing the conversation at home, this is fascinating. And this is going to be a big part of my upcoming book, Change the Conversation, Change Your Life. You can hop on the pre-launch list. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's going to come out in Q1 2024. So many times, and I'm sure you've seen this too, I will see a woman who is, I call her a baller in the boardroom. So this is a woman who, let's say, just crushing it in her career. Maybe it's a high-powered attorney. Maybe it's the president of a company. Maybe it's someone at work who always speaks up and always advocates for, for themselves. And then you see them in their home environment, and they're very deferential either to their partner or to their children. And there's a disconnect. And I know this happens with me. I'm like, huh. And the disconnect, the biggest disconnect for me is when I see it in myself. So this is different than change the conversation with yourself. This is about at work, I will always speak up. I will always advocate for people. I will always advocate for the underdog. I will always say what's on my mind, always. And I will do it politely and I'll do it persuasively. And over the past 10 years, I've noticed myself, I've noticed when I'm not doing it at home, when I am forsaking my needs for my partner's needs, or when I'm making a decision 
not to say something, not to keep the peace, but because I don't know why I'm not saying anything. Frankly, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that for many women, and this episode is geared more towards women, I try to keep it gender neutral, non-binary. I try to make it doesn't matter how you identify. I try to make these episodes about speaking up. And yes, what, what I talk about today will apply to men. Some of when I'm talking about myself, my reference is I'm a female. And I grew up watching my mom. And I grew up watching my cousins and my sister and the women in my family. I grew up watching how they advocate for themselves. And that has to inform how we behave. So, you know, when you think about our moms, and my mom was a working mom. She worked and she ran the house and she did all the things. She 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 was and still is a powerhouse. And every marriage has its has its nuances. And what you see is oftentimes your default behavior. It's what you learn. It's what you learn is is how to behave. So we take that with us into our lives and in particular our home lives because because you're 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 modeling what you saw at home. So that was a very roundabout way of saying that I believe that we we behave the way we've seen others behave and then we either behave the same way or we make a very conscious effort to not behave that way. And in many cases it's a default. You don't even know you're doing it. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. When I was younger, still I think it was in my 30s, I remember I was out with a boyfriend at the time and I was running around getting him everything that he needed for his cocktail or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And I know where I was. I was in Chicago. I was at the fireplace, I think it was called. So those of you that live in Chicago, you might remember that place on Well Street. Anyway, I was there and I was getting him limes and I was asking the bartender for this, blah, blah, blah. And he turned to me and he said, but you don't need to wait on me. And it was, he said it nicely. And I remember I, I kind of, paused for a minute because I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I remember, this is wild. I remember, so I'm going to tie this back to people pleasing a little bit. Oftentimes someone will say I'm a people pleaser and I automatically, I'm not proud of this. I will automatically, my knee-jerk reaction, reaction is, well, that's, that, that's a weakness. That's a weakness. It's not a weakness, it just is. And many of us who grew up in the 80s and 70s, or maybe even the 60s, some, some of you that are listening, that's what our mothers did. That's what they did. They took care of everything in the home. That is what they did, many of them. Some of them also worked. So you grow up with this people-pleasing and making sure everybody else's needs are taken care of, and you forsake your own needs. And I'll never forget I can't even believe I'm sharing this story. I'll never forget. I was in, I think I was in Chicago and I was uh, traveling with someone that I was, I, I might've been dating him at the time. It was a man, we were traveling together and something happened with our flights. So I gave him my flight. So the flights were gonna be delayed. And I said, no, you need to get back. You go ahead and get on the flight and I'll wait for the next one, which was gonna be like six hours later. And I remember it was my automatic instinct to give him what he needed. And I ended up sitting in the airport for like eight hours. He was 
I mean, maybe he was appreciative, but it, it, this wasn't like, this wasn't a scenario where you're with a partner and you say, okay, my needs are going to have to take a backseat right now because of what's happening or because of yours. It's okay. We're in this together. I've got you. That was not this situation. This was, no, 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 you go ahead and him actually taking me up on it. And I remember thinking about that. And I remember watching the plane leave and because we'd both already gone through the gate. And I remember I was like, why did you just do that? Like, what? why was your default to put someone else's needs first? That's a wonderful quality to, to care about other people. It's when it affects our ability to advocate for ourselves. And it's when it's detrimental to our health, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, whatever, that it becomes not good. So let's talk about that. So so I'm talking about advocating for ourselves and setting boundaries and particularly right now. So I want to go back to the thing about we watched our parents. We watched our parents and our kids are watching us. Changing the cycle. When there's a cycle, there's an opportunity. You can either break the cycle or you can repeat it. And that might sound a little dramatic. I'm not talking about trauma cycles. I'm not talking about, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about how you behave and how you show up and how you reward others and how you're rewarded and what brings you joy and all of that. So you can either break that cycle or it'll be repeated. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to every single one of us. And so it starts with how you're, the conversations you're having at home. So back to my conversation about the, about the baller in the, in the boardroom. So you have these women that, that are powerhouses at work, and then they go home and they're very deferential. And I've never been able to reconcile that. And again, because I see myself doing it as well. And so what I do is I will, I will, if, if my automatic instinct is to say, no, honey, let, you know, let's watch the movie you want to watch, right? This is a very trivial example, but no, we'll watch that movie. I, I don't really want to watch it, but you want to watch it, so let's watch it. Rather than, so if I do that, I might, I might come back five or six minutes later, 10 minutes later and say, you know what? Upon further thought, I would really not like to watch this movie. And would you be okay with changing the movie? It's not too late to reverse the conversation is what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm trying to say that if you, if you find yourself slipping into these patterns, you can, you can stop yourself and you can, you can get a do-over. You can get a mulligan. I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. So let's talk about the holidays because the holidays are top of mind. We still have a couple of weeks left. We are coming up on, you're listening to this in probably the busiest week of the year for a lot of people. Leading, we're leading into Christmas. So are you setting boundaries? Are you sacrificing your own peace? or your own peace of mind to keep the peace with others. So here's what happens when we spend all our energy on others. We get tired. We lose momentum in our own lives. We sacrifice our ability to show up for ourselves. And all of this affects our, um, us living our best lives and being those, being the person that those around us want us to be and need us to be. I'm going to give you a very timely example. So I overcommitted this week big time, big time. I had an event Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, two on Friday night, and one on Saturday. So the I didn't have two on Friday night. I had one on Friday night, and I was asked to a cocktail, a little cocktail party. Could I have made both of both of these social events? Yes. 
And I said to Danny, you know, I, I, I don't, I know myself, I am tired. I'm getting run down. I don't want to try to jam it in there. I'm going to decline unless you really want to go. He really wanted to go. I said, okay, so let's figure this out. You, you really want to go. I really don't. I, I, I really don't. And, and I'm sure, Pastor, you can hear it in my voice. Do not want to do this because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be short on time. I'm going to rush to the cocktail party. I'm going to have a say a quick hello, and then I'm going to rush out of that, go to the next place. It's going to be a long night, and it's it's not what I need. It, it's not good for me. So I said to Danny, I, I'm going to decline. I really think you should go. If you, and he said, no, you know what? It's not that important to me. I don't, I don't need to go. And, and he said to me, you don't do well with, with that much going on. And he's right. And what he was able to, to realize was, because he's awesome, when I get overextended like that, I am not at my best and it affects everything. It, it, affects, it affects how I talk to him. It affects my work. It affects how I feel. It affects everything. So he realized, okay, she's she's had enough. We don't need to go. By the way, he totally could have gone if he wanted to, but that's that's a sidebar. So my point is, you, I knew that if I said yes to this, I was not going to show up well for the people that I needed to show up well for, and I needed the discipline to be able to say no. It, it was discipline. I wanted to go to. I love these people. I wanted to go. I can't. I know myself. So. Here's what I recommend you do if you are feeling overwhelmed or overextended. I, let's say overextended. That's we, we like to use that expression. And I'm going to give you three scripts, actually. So the first thing, here's what I did this week when I, when I noticed that it was like physically impossible for me to do everything I had committed to. One, cancel or postpone something, anything. So if you're looking at your schedule in the coming week and you're overextended, the simple act of getting a tiny little bit of time back, no matter how short of a time period, it is incredibly empowering. That little hit of uh, confidence or dopamine or calm or relief, whatever it is, then you're more likely to do it or continue to, to um, exhibit that behavior so that you don't find yourself in that situation. You will continue to advocate for your own needs. This doesn't mean I win, you lose. It doesn't mean I win, you're out. And in fact, it's quite the opposite. It means I'm good, so we're all better. So here's how I recommend you you do this or you get out of something if you're overextended. And this is changing the conversation. Here's number one script, first script. I'm overcommitted and I want to make sure I'm fully focused on you. Can we plan to do this in January instead? Spoiler alert, be careful about how much you're, you're pushing off to January because then January comes around and you're like, whoops, here's everything that I blew off in December. So I'm overcommitted and I really want to make sure that we can spend quality time together. Can we do this another time when it's a little less busy? That, I mean, that doesn't sound rude. And, and in fact, I think I mentioned, I might've mentioned this last week. I have a friend that, that I tried to make two different sets of plans with and she pushed them all to January and good for her because she really, she wants to enjoy it. She doesn't want it to have to be a task. So that's the first script. Here's the second script. This is if you have to cancel something. Oh, this is actually what I said to Danny. I have plans every night this week, and I know this will totally deplete my energy. If you want to go to this event, you can and you should go without me. I look forward to hearing all about the shenanigans when you get home. This is this is what I said. This is what I said to him. I can't. I want you to go. I look forward to hearing all about it. And that that's a firm. I'm not going. 
I want you to, and I want you to enjoy yourself. And then I want to hear about it. The third script, and this is, I really like this one. Um, and I think how you, your mindset when you, when you use this one is, is, is critical. I'm sorry. I didn't think this through when I confirmed these plans. I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm sorry. I didn't think this through when I confirmed these plans. I'm not going to be able to make it. Thanks for understanding. And when would you like to reschedule? Maybe a little less kind of. So think about when this happens to you, if you're not comfortable with this one. Think about when someone cancels with you. Nine out of 10 times, I'm willing to guess that you're relieved and that you get the time back, particularly this time of year. I'm sorry I didn't think this through when I confirmed these plans. I'm overextended and I'm not going to be able to make it. Thank you so much for understanding. Fine. Right. Okay. Now, here's how to not overcommit in the first place. I really like this. When you're responding to something, think about how you will feel at that time, not how you feel in the moment. So this speaks to my earlier point about pushing stuff to January. Yes, you know, you can postpone things within reason. Think about in January, that week, that time of year, whatever, how are you going to feel? Are you going to want to actually do the thing that you're postponing? When you're agreeing to some kind of holiday commitment, volunteering or you know, lunch with the girls or, you know, whatever the case may be. Something, you know, the holidays, we we oftentimes want to do stuff that's fun and fun things for us. Think about, okay, when that date, when December 21st rolls around, how am I going to feel? Am I going to want to do it? It might sound good in November, but then when you get to it, it's not, it's not necessarily as good. So those are a couple of hacks for the holidays. So let's talk about asking for help around the house. Or, you know, we're talking about changing the conversation at home. The reason why many of us, myself included, say to ourselves, I'm the only one that does anything. Nobody does anything. Nobody does anything. I'm the only one that does this. No one does anything to help. Is because we're the only ones that do it and nobody helps. (laughs) Because we're not asking for help. So we're not outsourcing. I mean, think about who you can outsource with. Again, especially this time of year. Your kids, what can you ask your kids to do to help you? And are they going to do it the way you wanted it done? Nope, they are not. Nope, nope. Is done going to be good enough in this case? Yes, probably. Nine times out of 10, I would say it is. You know, can you ask them to help with some of the chores? Can you ask them with some of the stuff in the yard? If they're driving, can you ask them to run some of the errands? Can you ask them for the next three weeks, please don't have your music up at this volume or whatever the case may be. You have to ask them, you have to ask for help with your partner. How can they help specifically? And it's sometimes I get frustrated because I I shouldn't have to keep asking the same things. I should, in my, in my mind, I shouldn't have to keep asking here. Well, here's what you can do to help. You can empty the dishwasher, you can fold the laundry, whatever the case is. But but that's just, that is what it is. So I can be pissy about it and say, you know what? I shouldn't have to ask. I'll just do it. Or I can get my act together, think about what can I outsource? What can I get off of my plate so that I can have joy this holiday season and ask and ask for help in that area? I, it, it could be something totally inconsequential. It could be something that you just don't like doing. If you don't like doing it and someone in your life doesn't mind doing it, great then they can do it. It's the, again, it's the, well, I should be able to do this. I should be able to do it all. I shouldn't have to ask for help. 
And if I do ask for help, it's not going to get done the way that I want it done. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay because you're not showing up as your best self. And I'm going to close with a a revisiting boundaries. So oftentimes I'll get these ideas for what I want to talk about or what's top of mind, either with my weekly newsletter, which by the way, there's a link there too. There'll be a link to my email community. I get these ideas like way ahead of time. Like I already know my word for, for 2024. I chose it a couple of weeks ago. I started talking about boundaries like way before Thanksgiving and now everybody's talking about boundaries. And I'm not saying this to say I'm smarter than everybody else. It, it Like I, I, I think about it and then I action it. So because I'm an action person, I think about it and then I action it and then it's done. And now everybody else is talking about it. I've already talked about it. So I want to revisit boundaries. The boundaries will change your life. I have a friend, I'm trying to think of the specifics on this. I have a friend that I was just speaking to who has decided to skip one of the holiday events that she usually goes to. She doesn't, it, it, she never feels good. She doesn't want to deal with some of the people that are there. She finds their energy janky and she doesn't want to do it. So she's, she's just not going to go. Now, I'm not saying that you, that you can or should or, you know, would want to blow off your family or your commitments, what I'm saying is you, your energy is currency. And I heard this on Brenda Johnston's podcast. She's coming in January, by the way, this week. And I loved it. Your energy is currency. How are you going to spend it? You get to decide where you splurge. You get to decide where you splurge your energy. So maybe it's hanging out really late at night with friends that you don't get to see that often because you're having such a great time and you know that the next morning you're going to pay for it because you're not going to get as good a night's sleep, but it's worth it. It's a splurge and it's worth it. Where are you going to skimp? Where are you going to skimp on it? Where are you going to say, nope, mm -mm, I'm I'm going budget on this one. I'm going budget energy on this one. I'm not going to spend my energy on this. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a conversation at work that's not productive or that's gossipy or that's, not moving people closer to a positive outcome. Maybe it's the the energy vampire that's in your life that, you know what, maybe you make a conscious effort for the next couple of weeks to not really, not really devote a lot of time to them. And when you think about your energy as currency, it gets a lot easier to, to set the boundaries. I heard from a lot of people around Thanksgiving about, about them setting some boundaries and that it worked great. So All you need to do is be able to say, I'm not able to do this. Here's what I can do. The end. There's no, I've said this, you've heard me say it a lot. There's no proclamation in town square that you don't need to say, hear ye, hear ye. It could be something as simple as, I would prefer that we not talk about politics at the dinner table. The end. The end. And then if somebody continues to talk about politics, I'm not sure if you heard me. I would prefer that we not talk about politics at the dinner table the end. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. So changing the conversation at home is about advocating for yourself. It's about setting boundaries. It's about asking for what you need, asking for what you need. That is not a sign of weakness. In fact, asking for help and getting help so that you can show up as your best version of you, that is that's that's everything. That's everything. So that pod serves. Oh, am I wishing you a Merry Christmas? I think I might be. Hold on. I'm going to take a look. I am. Yes. 
for those of you who celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. For those of you who do not enjoy the holidays as much as some other people, I see you too. And I hope that you can find some joy and some peace over the next couple of weeks. We are lighting it up over here at Unmute Yourself, the podcast. I have recorded some baller episodes for January. They're going to be great. It, it is, we're, we're off, off with a bang in January. So with that, I wish you all of the joyful things and things that bring you joy. Protect your energy. You're Wonder Woman with your energy. Enjoy the holidays. And I will see you next week. That's a wrap, Podsters. And before we go, I ask you, what's one thing from today's episode that you will use this week to unmute yourself? DM me, email me, send a smoke signal, whatever you need to do. Let me know what you're going to do differently. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know and leave a five-star review on Apple. This helps me spread our message of empowerment to more people worldwide. Let's do this.